When you ask someone you trust to help you, you're giving them the opportunity to feel really good about themselves, to know that you need them. And that's a really beautiful thing. Hello, and welcome to the Making Mommy Move Show. This is your host, Alyssa Morton, and I am a mom of two, wife, event floral designer, serial entrepreneur, and becoming increasingly aware of the power of mindset. I am so happy and thankful that you're here. I am on a mission to help empower moms to create a lifestyle of wealth, health, fulfillment, and happiness so that you can become the very best version of yourself and create a life that you love. Every week, I am bringing you along the journey with me as I overcome the barriers of limiting mindsets and create financial freedom for my family by sharing stories, strategies, and tips that I am learning daily through my life as a mompreneur. I hope that you will join the journey with me to create a life that you love too. Let's get into it. Everybody, I'm so excited to welcome Elena to our interview on the Making Mommy Move show. This is going to be such a great interview because she's got such a wealth of information about just moms and the everything about them. So I'm really excited to dive into our conversation today because... It's going to be a good one. Elena, do you mind sharing with everybody a little bit about your background and who you are and how you've gotten to this place? Sure. Hello, Elisa. Thank you so much for welcoming me into your special space over across the world. I'm coming at you from Sydney, Australia. I really like to do this on the fly. So I'm not going to read a bio. I'm not going to I'll let you do that, you know, if you want to another time. But essentially, I am an Australian mother of three. I have a very mixed and diverse experience of life and of motherhood. I've been a single mother. I've also been a married mother, an unmarried mother. I've had kind of lots of different experiences. I've had a an infertility journey. I've had battles in the past with some little T trauma and also some big T trauma with PTSD and I've also experienced a lot of different things through my motherhood journeys, all three different versions of them. And as a result, I've ended up becoming kind of by accident what I like to call a soulful parenting practitioner. So what I do is I bring together all the diverse experience of personal development and motherhood that I've gathered along the wings of my life, and I have combined them into what is now the Soul Mama community and membership. Oh, and, I love this. Uh, I'm a this. blogger, I'm a presenter, and yeah, so I'm a mix of real mix of things. And then on the side, I'm also a martial artist, and I just got my black belt in Hapkido. So I'm also a martial arts instructor for women, mostly mothers, actually. So I really like to empower women and address our, I guess, our, our traumas and our struggles and our, our challenges physically and spiritually in that form as well. So lots of different things that I bring to the work that I do. But uh, most of all, I'm really just a lady who loves to talk to other women about motherhood, about how to navigate depletion, because a lot of us become depleted. Mm -hmm. I'm also really fascinated by how we navigate birth trauma, lots of different things. Oh, I'm really excited to dive into this. But first, congratulations on your new black belt, because that's a huge accomplishment. And I love that you are incorporating everything that you are into every aspect of your life from teaching women in martial arts and to coaching and helping guide them on their journey. Like it's really incredible the way that you're like at the core of this movement. And this is a really fascinating movement. It's matrix sense, 
right? Can you explain to everybody what this is? Because this isn't yes. a common term here in the States, but I know you just no, said it's really so common. This is fascinating. Yeah. I love that you picked up on this word, Alyssa. So for me, the discovery of that word, I say matrescence, it might be different in America actually, but um, the way I've heard it, matrescence, and matrescence is about the transformation of a woman into a mother and that experience and that process, a little bit like adolescence, you'll see the words are similar. Adolescence is the only other time in your life uh, where you experience what I like to call a full system change. So every single aspect of you, physiological, physical, spiritual, mental, emotional, identity, every part of you shifts as you become a mother. And the only other time that happens is in adolescence where we have that full multi-system change. So so what I love about this word, and, and a lot of people are not aware of actually where it comes from. We were just mentioning this, and I'm going to read some of this. The term matrescence was originally created by Dana Raphael, an American anthropologist and breastfeeding advocate. She also coined the use of the word doula, interestingly, in its context of breastfeeding and birth support. And the critical, what she said matrescence was in her book, Becoming a Mother, A New Old Rite of Passage, the critical transition period which has been missed is matrescence, the time of mother becoming. Giving birth does not automatically make a mother out of a woman. The amount of time it takes to become a mother needs study. And I love this. I love the fact that this actually has become a thing for quite a few practitioners here in Australia and, and I believe also overseas for us to consider it as a rite of passage and give it a name, actually label it as matrescence. What's the first thing you do when you want to find a service near you? You search the company's website, right? Mama Media is a talented website and brand design company that truly creates customizable websites for professionals. They have a ton of valuable resources and connections that help you create compelling copy for your website, take beautiful branded photos that complement the website design, and support after your design intensive is complete so that anything can be adjusted to best suit your business needs as it continues to evolve and change. List Mommy Moves as your referral when you submit an inquiry at mamamedia.org and receive 10% off your website intensive. Oh, I love this. And I love that there's a name for it because I know that yeah. we talk about this a lot on the show and I've talked to other experts about the transition of becoming a mom and like the way that it just impacts you entirely, especially when you factor like growing a business and trying to manage the house and manage yourself because you're completely different while you're trying to have this newborn or if you have a newborn and a toddler, and it's just a whole new world. So tell us a little bit more about the stages of matricense and what that could look like and how it really having this definition helps, I want to say, like, make your life better, like knowing that there's a word for it. Certainly being able to name something that we are experiencing, it really helps us to integrate it. And I've experienced that myself in a lot of different ways in my life. And I'm going to address this in the form of a, a personal story rather than giving you theories, because I feel like you can look up theories whenever you like. But this is the way that I make sense of this word. So when I first became a mother, I was in pretty dodgy relationship, really. It was, it was borderline abusive and both ways, I would say. We were both in a really 
unstable place in our lives. It was an unplanned pregnancy and it was one, although we embraced and we were in a loving relationship, it was a relationship with two cultures. There was the Maori New Zealand culture, Maori culture, and there was also my culture, which is different sort of European background, also Australian. And so we were in a really difficult place. And because I was so passionate about becoming a mother, I actually researched, um, and I still have this notebook, I researched birth as a rite of passage all around the world, and I found some fascinating information. I found out that every culture in the world, at least originally, had some form of understanding around matrescence, around birth being a rite of passage for a woman from one state to another state. It's a change of state. The change of state from one form of you to another form of you. And that is backed up by all the hormonal and physical changes, as well as the spiritual, emotional and practical changes, like you say, of the juggling, the, all the things you need to now do in a day. So I did that process very consciously, but I was under duress from other aspects of my life. And so what was fascinating is that because I was able to research this process and give it some meaning and some depth through my research, actually doodled symbols of birth from all different cultures in the book. And it's a really beautiful notebook, actually. And what it did was that when I did come to have my baby and there was some issues because I was under a huge amount of stress and I wasn't very well, there were some issues in the birth I was induced and it was actually remarkably, there wasn't that much intervention, surprisingly, considering how really, you know, I was in such a bad way, but, but actually he was born full term almost the day before he was induced the day before full term, I think, and four days before. It was a long time ago now. He's 19 now. And, you know, he had to go into the intensive care, the baby intensive care at the hospital, but we still battled through and I breastfed. And, you know, I had this real yearning to follow the path of women before me, even though I was in a really difficult place. And that having that context, that connection to the meaning of matrescence, the meaning of becoming a mother helped me so much. And it really, the benefits were, I can't even tell you. And I became a mother and I became a mother that was able to navigate these really difficult days. You know, we split up when he was four months old. I was on my own. It was really hard. I didn't have a lot of family around. They loved me and supported me, but it was a really difficult time, right? And as a result of having that drive, that understanding that I was changing state, eventually I was able to overcome my addiction, overcome the pattern of abusive relationships I'd been in and really step into a period of about five years of personal development. And I count that as part of that matrescence as well. So what I believe is that it's a very personal journey and it's one that we all navigate differently, but it really is about connecting with that, the soul of motherhood, connecting with that fact that we are walking a path that millions of women before us have walked, our mothers have walked, and then also connecting to the future of our female line, you know, so taking that kind of, it's about really transmuting or transforming into generational trauma. It's about how do we actually take what we have given that opportunity to steward the next generation and how do we make the best of that? And we just show up as best possible. There's no perfection. There's no right way or wrong way. It's just how do we show up with all our heart and soul for our children and for ourselves through that process? So do you have any recommendations for women to show up 
a hundred percent in this process. Cause like we talked about, there's so many things like people may be bottling postpartum depression and birth trauma and all these other things that it can be really difficult for them to even just get out of bed some mornings. So what does that look like? Yeah, I sure do. So let me just disclaimer this. If we're going to talk about things like postnatal depression, I just want to say that is a medical condition, medical psychological condition that requires the help of a trained and accredited practitioner, like a doctor, like a psychologist, th- those things of, of which I am not. Okay. So that I just need a disclaimer that ethically, but I can speak to my experience and the experience of the women I work with. And I know some women in my community have actually chosen in my membership, have chosen to try following the programs that I share in place of continuing with medication and it's worked for them. So there, and that really speaks to my next point, which is that you have within you all the answers, save for medical slash psychological issues. You have all the answers within you to navigate this time. And really the biggest thing that I recommend for women who are feeling overwhelmed or feeling depleted or feeling like it's hard and it, and it, needn't be that hard. And I think a lot of us feel like that. There's a whole process that you can follow that connects you with your own intuition. We actually know. The issue is not that we don't know what to do to take care of ourselves and our children. The issue is that we are disconnected from that knowing. Really the foundation of all of the things that I recommend for women in early motherhood and in even, and I would say up to the first 10, 15 years of motherhood, this doesn't have a time limit. This can go on and on if we don't address it, is that we feel disconnected. We feel disconnected from ourselves and we feel disconnected from our children and our experience of motherhood because we're overwhelmed, we're physically depleted. And because we've lost our rituals and we've lost our grounding in community and ritual and processes that have supported women for so many years. I'm sure have your own name for this. I call it the mother love movement. I feel like we have to come back to not only our love for ourselves, but also our love for other mothers. So, you know, when we see a mom in the park and we think, especially when we're not parents, we see her go on her phone while her children are playing. There's that sort of tendency to go, oh, look at that woman scrolling her phone while her children play. Why isn't she playing with her children? Well, I can tell you the reason is probably that she just needs a few moments to herself and she's maybe taking that moment to connect with whatever she needs to connect with to feel okay. And I would love it if as a culture we see that mother and we say, good on her for doing what she needs. We come back to that care not only for the children, but for the mothers that are literally keeping those children alive and the fathers, but I'm only going to speak to the mother part of it because that's where I work, but and the fathers as well. And it's about greater compassion and connection with the reality of what it means to be a mother in the modern world, probably living far away from your family and friends, you know, often not seeing your friends because they're just as busy as you are, probably in a bit of a loop of eating with convenience food because, you know, you're so busy and that's all you can do. So, I start with the basics. I'm like, how can we get more whole foods into our diet? And, um, you know, just buy more organic whole food if you can, whenever you can, even just a little bit, even if it's just one night a week, eat a whole food meal, um, sit down with your children at meal times, have moments of connection with your partner or your significant people in your life if you're not partnered and just come back to the real fundamentals of connection within 
and between, so within us and with our communities, whatever that looks like for you. It's hard to say exactly without talking to a person what that means, but for me it's just come back to the basics. What do you need to do? Do you need more sleep, get more rest, even if it's not sleep? Sit down more, let go of the to-do list. You know, find a way to create more space in your life for connection. Working as a solopreneur and struggling to find the time and energy to do it all, especially when trying to grow your audience on all of the platforms. I outsource all of my content creation to Mama Media. They have a team of incredibly talented professionals to help me create and produce my podcasts, repurpose them on all the channels like YouTube, social media, and post it according to our schedule on all of the platforms that are best suited for my brand and my businesses. Use my code MOMMYMOVES when you inquire at mamamedia.org for 10% off your service. You can thank me later. Oh, I like this. I love the term that you coined because I have one similar. It's like a fill up your cup kind of thing. And you need to be able to fill up your cup first or pour into yourself and give yourself some love as a mom because we've got so much other things that if you are not completely full and if you're not full of love or taking care of yourself, like you said, then there's nothing else to give or it's going to be really not the quality of what you want to give. You might be less patient. You might be, you know, like you said, like unkind or judgmental to other moms or whatever that looks like. So can you share with us a little bit more about the way that you help moms? Yeah, sure. I'd love to. So this is evolving because I find that the way that I serve mothers changes as I change and as the climate changes, you know, like we've had a few years of, of intense change. So I started out with a blog and the blog is called Soul Mama Hub and it's just a place for soulful parenting, ethical living. So I connect the two. I feel like our ability to be showing up as the best mum possible is actually really linked to our ability to take care of our natural world and the planet and live a little more sustainably. I feel like, you know, the earth is really the ultimate mother. So our ability to be amazing mothers for me is, is really interconnected with our ability to be earth custodians as well and look after the planet we live on. So I connect those two in my blog and I'm not talking about being, you know, an eco warrior and, and having zero plastic and being a vegan. I know that if you can do that, I applaud you. I don't find it possible to do that. So what I do is whatever I can. And a term I heard recently is whatever you have in your hands. So whatever you have in your hands, whatever you can do to be a little more conscious of your connection with nature, I believe is really helpful. So that's that's one big, easy, free way that I help women is I write a blog and I give really practical, simple ways to become better at soulfully parenting. So showing up as the best mum possible in your home and for your kids and also taking care of yourself and taking care of our wonderful world. So just simple, actionable, really short, sharp articles. I love that. Um, I also have a podcast, as you know. Thank you. And the blog's actually been running since 2009. It's a really old blog in the world of blogs. And so um, it's cool. And so I'm a sort of an influencer in that space, very micro-influencer in that space on Instagram as well. So Soul Mama Hub. And then I also have a podcast where I talk to other people like you who are working in this space and just to share stories. I just love to share stories and give people a platform to share the way that they serve as well in this context of soulful parenting, ethical living. And then 
I actually now have also a business, which is a membership. And I sometimes do one-to-one sessions as well, private sessions, which are growing a little bit more now because I realize people sometimes just need one-to-one. But the membership is just a really low-cost, monthly, recurring uh, membership that I keep closed most of the year because I don't want to spend the whole year marketing. You know, I want to actually serve the women in the membership. And then a few times a year, I open the doors and a few more women come in. It's pretty early. It's only been there for about a year and a half. And um, it's really beautiful, actually, the Soul Mama membership. And it's just an amazing opportunity to explore these things a little more deeply. So we get practitioners of various modalities in once a month to teach us things and run a workshop. And then we have like a a mother's circle where we talk about that and how we're using it and so that we implement it. And we just have each other as a community as well in a private group. And that's been beautiful. I've learned so much from these women and being that facilitator, it's really cool. And I, I just love bringing women together. I've always been a I've brought thousands and thousands of women together in like Facebook groups and, you know, like I just love it. I love bringing women together. I feel like when we connect to each other, we have a lot of power. So I kind of facilitate that too. So yeah, there are all the different ways that I <laughs> so. I love it. I love the power of community because we really do need it. I know you had mentioned it at least like when I was reading through your website and everything that motherhood can be so like alone if you're not yeah. really, I guess like women like to suffer in silence. Like that's just something that we do. Like we bring everything inside and we pretend everything's okay. And having the power of community really helps us to feel like we're not alone in the situation that we don't have to suffer in silence, that everybody is likely going through the same things that we're going through. And if they haven't, that somebody else has that they're friends with or their mom has or whatever it looks like for them. So I love that you're facilitating that and that you have this open community in your membership and then also on your Facebook communities and your blog. So great. Thank you, Alyssa. It's so interesting. What you just said then was so interesting. And I think it's so reflective of the way that we have been conditioned, you know, like what you said about, you actually said women like to keep things to themselves. Mm -hmm. And I find that so fascinating because I think We do like to keep things to ourselves. I also feel like we are taught to do that Mm -hmm. and that actually we really like to talk about it. We really like to share what's going on, but we've like lost the spaces and places and processes that allow us to do that safely. You know, I and I wonder, do we like to keep things to ourselves or are we taught to keep things to ourselves and we learn to like it? You know what I mean? Like there's that nuance. And it's really interesting that we've internalized so much conditioning. But the image that I love to bring in here is like so traditionally, you know, the women down at the river washing the clothes or washing whatever in that circle, naturally doing things together, you know, like the village idea. And I feel like we've kind of lost our villages and we've lost our places where we naturally connect. And that's why we need podcasts and memberships and all that's our new village, right? Our virtual village. And this idea of the virtual village is one that I really love and I've been picking up on lately that you've picked up on too from my websites and just really understanding why we think we need to keep things to ourselves, why we think we need to make things look like we're coping when we're not, and why we think we need to keep it all under wraps and not let anyone know if we're having a hard day. Or, you know, I'd like to think this is changing. Like, we are changing it by talking about it, right? 
definitely. I think you had mentioned it actually a little bit earlier when you were talking about like the woman at the park, like being on their phone and judging them. Yeah. I think that's what yeah. it kind of comes down to is that they don't want to be judged, yeah. that they keep it all inside yeah. because they don't want to be judged if they're going through a divorce or if they're a single mom yeah. or they're battling postpartum depression or they feel like they're not being the best mom they can be. Because somebody else is going to yes. say, oh, well, why are they going to school in their pajamas? Like, even though you yes. know it's pajama day at school, they don't know that when they're looking on yes. social media. So it's like there's right. that new level of judgment, like being cast that never really was before. And I think that has something to do with it. hundred percent. We have so many ways to be conditioned now. We are completely overwhelmed with being told how to do things. <laughs> and I think that's why I'm really careful when I talk about this to say, you know the way that works for you. Like, no one can tell you what works for you or your family. No one can tell you what your version of perfect looks like. Like, it's yours. It's yeah. yours to create. And I think that's so important to empower each other in that way. And to also realize that this understanding that we have, this fear that we have, of judgment, I could almost guarantee that that person staring at you at the park is thinking about themselves. Mm -hmm. They are thinking about their own mental load. They are thinking about their own self-consciousness. They are thinking about what could you be judging them for. So honestly, it's kind of a false belief. It's this false belief that we have that other people are making those judgments or caring that much about what we do. Honestly, I hate to tell you this. I know. They're self-obsessed. <laughs> so sure, there's moments where you get judged, especially in smaller communities. Like I've, no I've known about that. But again, I would say that speaks much more to that person than to you. It speaks much more about that person's wounds and that person's lack of compassion and that person's need for more compassion in their lives. It's not about you, you know. So I think it's really cool when we can let ourselves off the hook with that and go, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to do whatever I want because honestly, what does it really matter what another person thinks anyway? Like it That's really it. much more matters what you think and feel. So that gives you a power. It gives you that power back. You hit the nail right on the head. Nobody gives a crap like about anybody else but themselves. Yeah. Like they're looking at really? you and they're thinking about why am I not wearing those beautiful boots or look at her kids or look at her hair. Like it's so much prettier than mine. Like it's very much into them like Lack of security, lack yes. of self-confidence, lack of themselves <laughs> has nothing to do yeah, with Yeah, and you. it's like this kind of disease of comparison, yeah. you know, and I think when we focus in on our actually our natural leaning, especially women, we have a natural leaning towards collaboration. And when we lean more into that and more of us collaborate like we are in this conversation and more of us lean into our natural inclination towards collaboration – then that comparison piece just falls away. And the more of us that think like this and do like this and work together and actually come back to what I believe is really our natural state, then the less that comparison stuff matters and is on our radar and, you know, rules us. But I think when the comparisons creep in, and this is another thing that happens a lot, I think, for women, it says to me, like, when I start to feel those insecurities creeping up, I now understand it as a message. It's a message from my mind and my body, my somatic self, my mind body, that something's not okay, that I'm depleted, that I'm tired, that I'm thirsty, that I'm not taking care of myself in some way. So when I slip into that, oh, I don't feel good in myself and oh my gosh, I feel really less than what I should, 
now I know that that is a message. That is a message that I need to take better care because when I'm on top of the world, I don't feel like that. Yeah, you're right. So I think again, it just comes back to basics. It comes back to, okay, how can I care for myself? And for everyone that's different, for a woman with a newborn and six children, that's going to be sitting down and forgetting the washing up for five minutes and having a glass of water. For a woman with teenage children and plenty of money, that's going to be a weekend at the spa, you know, like it's different for everyone. Yeah. So it's, there's a huge spectrum of what that means and all of them are helpful, you know. Oh, I love this. I think that I always like to wrap up with like some sort of like action step that people can do. And it really just comes down to just taking care of yourself. It's like, that's what you need to do in order to prevent yourself from, I want to say like sabotaging yourself by like, well, yeah, comparing yourself to other people and what they're doing and just like, yeah. Keep filling up your cup because that's how you're just going to be the best mom that you want to be. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, sometimes you can't and when you can't, ask for help. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Like we can't always do it ourselves. Sometimes we need help. We need support from people like us or from our partners or from our families or our friends. And actually asking for help is a sign of strength, not weakness. So remember that. If you remember one thing, asking for help actually allows another person to connect with you, which is a great privilege. If you think what it feels like to help another person, it always feels good. So remember that when you ask someone you trust to help you, you're giving them the opportunity to feel really good about themselves, to know that you need them. And that's a really beautiful thing. So that's the one thing I really love to tell people. I Asking love help that. Is so, so key, right? And that's like a, such a better like way to frame it in your head is that it's not a sign mm. of weakness. It's a sign of strength because you yeah. cannot do it alone. Nobody can do it alone. That's why they say that you need a village to raise kids. <laughs> you total just myth. really need it's a it. total myth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you really bless another person by and I'm not a religious person, but it's like you're you're offering a blessing to another person and saying, "Please step in. Please step into my intimate space where I need you." And when you think about when another person does that with you, it feels so beautiful. You go, "Oh my gosh, this person loves me and I love them." You know, it's a beautiful thing. So, yeah. it's so good to talk to you, Lisa. I love what you're saying. Oh my gosh, this has been such a great conversation, Melina. Can you just share with everybody where they can find you? We like to keep it around that half hour mark just because everybody's a mom. Absolutely. you You know, I could talk all day. No, that's a good idea. So on Instagram and on the web at Soul Mama Hub, S O U L M A M A H E B. And also just Elena Turley, A L E N A, Turley, T U R L E Y. If you Google me or go to my website, elenaturley.com, I can also offer a freebie and I can send you a link for that to awesome. do with managing depletion if you're feeling depleted or uh, that kind of thing. That can be really helpful as well. Absolutely. I'll put that in our show notes for everybody. Thank right. you for being part awesome. of this. This was so great. And I, Can't wait to connect with you more. Such a pleasure to meet you and the beautiful listeners. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening all the way through on the Making Mommy Move show. Make sure to subscribe anywhere that you're listening to podcasts at. And I would really appreciate a kind and honest review of the show. That's how more moms will be able to find our podcast and listen in each week with you. Copy this link, share it with your friends on social media, I will be forever grateful. I'm so happy and proud of you for making the first mommy move by listening to the show. Until next time, I encourage you to keep up the momentum by continuing to make mommy moves along with me. Talk soon.